0: Hey there, thank you so much for clicking on this message today. I wanted to take a minute just to introduce myself. My name is Jean-Michel, and together with my wife, I lead Collective Church. And you're going to hear a message preached from one of our Sunday services, and I really pray that it blesses you today. So thank you again for clicking on, and enjoy the sermon. Church, I want to say this. If you are here for the first time, I just want to apologize for what comes next. Church, I have to just say to you as well, everyone that's been here for many years, I just want to take a minute to say I'm sorry for what is about to happen. You know, this week I've had a deep and heavy burden on my heart, something that I can't get out, something that I have to bring. And the reality is, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Church, I need you just to be honest. I need you to be open. Our first culture code is that we are authentic, it means we can be real. And so, for a moment, it's going to get a bit real. You know what? I believe that sometimes it's painful for a moment, but in the long run, God does good things. And so I'm trusting him in this moment, and if you'll come with me in this moment, and you'll answer these questions, just do so openly and honestly, and we can do this together. So the first question I need to ask you this morning. What did Michael Jackson call his denim store? Billy Jean's. What does a dinosaur use to pay his bills? Yeah, you can answer. It's okay. Tyrannosaurus checks. Like Rex, except checks. Oh, did you think we were serious? No, we're not being serious. If Spaghetti made an action movie, what would it be called? Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Okay. Why don't they play poker in the bushveld? Cause there's too many cheaters. Gotcha. Come on, okay, we go, we go. Why couldn't the bicycle stand by itself? It was too tired, right? It's got two tires, it was too tired. It couldn't stand by itself. What did the vegetarian say to the doctor? <laughs> I feel good from my head, tomatoes. <laughs> to my toe tomatoes. Okay, that was only right. What did the drummer call his twin daughters? What did the drummer call his twin daughters? And a one and a two. I love it so much. What did the one ocean say to the other? Nothing, it just waved. Ooh, it's bad, it's really bad. What do you call dental x rays? Think about it for a second. What do you call dental x rays? Toothpicks. Toothpicks is what you call dental x rays. Okay, these ones I stole straight from our youth team, and these are the ones I'm gonna end on. What did Jay-Z call his wife before they got married? Fiance. (laughs) Like Beyonce. Fiance. Okay, okay, last one. Uh, And Jesus said unto John, come forth and receive eternal life. John came fifth and won a toaster. (laughs) Amen. Guys, can we have some fun in church this morning? You know, I have this thing on my heart that like, if, you ha- if you're going to be a good pastor, you have to have great dad jokes. So I'm starting my repertoire. I'm not yet a dad. So I-, I don't know if there's an anointing that comes, but you need to have really good bad jokes. So I'm starting to learn how to do this. Church today, <laughs> we have the ability to talk about our culture code number seven, which is we have a lot of fun. That's what we do. And I'm sorry for making it a little weird earlier. Maybe you were thinking, why did I pick this Sunday to come to church? And I'm also sorry. I mean, I wasn't lying. It's going to be painful. I mean, I still have more jokes. They might come out later. It is painful, but it's worth it in the end. And so I just wanted to say at the outset of this message, you know, we as a church, the Church of Christ, we deal with massive questions. We deal with questions of why am I here? What is the universe? Is God real? Does God love me? Do I have a purpose? These questions are massive questions. And if we're not careful, we can become a little bit wrapped up in the seriousness of church. We're so serious about getting out there and getting souls saved and preaching the word and having worship. And these are all good things. Don't, Don't get me wrong. These are good things. But sometimes we can get so wrapped up in the seriousness of life, in the seriousness of who we are and what we do, that sometimes we forget that we serve a joyful God. We serve a God who loves us and loves to be in fellowship and communion and relationship with us. And he loves to laugh and he loves to be with us. We are created in his image. We serve a God who is happy. Come on, if that's news to you, we serve a God who is happy. Right now when all these baptisms were happening, the heavens were rejoicing. There were sounds of beauty and splendor going out all over the place because we serve a happy God And I know, and it is real, if you go throughout the Word, you will find instances where God is wrathful, where God is hurt, where God is even saddened, where God has anger towards people. It's there, of course it's there. But I want to say to you today that God's heart is for joy. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost The kingdom of God is not wrath. It's not these things. Although God might have those things, he is first and foremost a joyful God. That's who we serve. And you might have grown up in a church or maybe you felt this way over the years that God is a very serious God. That if you don't approach him in the right ways that you won't encounter him. That if you don't look the right way or sound the right way that he won't bless you. I'm here to tell you today that God, by far, more wants to have a relationship with you than for you to have a religious experience, for you to come in and try and be and live a certain way so that you might access God. No, Jesus has already paid the price for that. You have full access to God through Him, and you get full access to a joyful God. You know that being serious all the time is actually exhausting. It's exhausting being serious all the time. We need to laugh. We need to break the tension. You know what? Sometimes in the midst of challenges, in the midst of difficulties, we need to break that spirit by having fun, by laughing, by being joyous, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on. It doesn't say the wrath of the Lord or the strength of the Lord or the power of the Lord. Although all of those things are powerful, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's amazing. You know, in Psalm 47, I'm not going to read it today. You can go in and read it. It's a psalm of rejoicing. And it's this moment where the the nation of Israel is just lifting up shouts of praise to God, shouts of joy, shouts of of just rejoicing to their King God who lifts them above other nations, who gives them victories in battles, who takes care of them in their challenges. They are rejoicing because He's the name above all names, the King of all kings. And just over and over again, it's shouts of joy, it's not shouts of fear, it's not shouts of anger, it's not shouts of wrath or seriousness, it's shouts of joy because of who our God is. When you encounter God face to face, when you get to know who God really is, the response that comes out of us is joy because that's what lives inside of him. And the reality is the lives that we live and the difficulties we face, the challenges that we go through, they, they rob us of our joy They rob us of our peace. They replace it with anxiety. They replace it with an inability to have fun, an inability to see the light and the good in what's happening around us. You know, I went to look up that verse, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And there are many places in the word that you will see the idea of God's joy and strength being connected. But very specifically, this verse comes from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10. And I just want to unpack this: what's going on in this story just for a second so that you fully get what's happening. You see, this story of Ezra and Nehemiah, the book of Ezra, the book of Nehemiah, they, they happen together. Nehemiah is a um, political leader, right? He is a, a social leader of the people of Israel. And Ezra is the priest. He is the spiritual leader of the people of Israel. And they've just gone through an exile away from their home, away from Jerusalem, away from Israel, where they've been pulled away. And now they've been given leave to go back and rebuild the nation of Israel. How amazing this moment is. And I want to encourage you to go and read these stories to understand how God rebuilds from the ground up. And that's exactly what they're doing. And they get to this point where they are, they're in a, the square and they've all gathered together. And the, the priests, and specifically Ezra, stands up to begin to read the book of the law. Now, to put that into context, they didn't have books like we have it. They didn't have the Bible in the way that we had it. They had scrolls and they had the the Torah and they had the different pieces of writing that were put together. But for the average person, for you and me, we didn't have access to that. And people didn't read it. They didn't know it. In fact, unless they were taught, they wouldn't hear at all. And so they begin to do this. Ezra begins reading and all the other priests are begin explaining the word to people. And people are finally starting to get a grasp of who God is, of what God is like. They're starting to understand who they are to God and how God loves them. And it's, it's this moment where as they are praising God, they're beginning to understand why but as they are reading this book, this, this book, word of the law, <clears throat> to the people, as they are reading, it's slowly becoming something that the people are responding with sorrow. They're responding with sadness. And what it, what it actually is showing them is how different their lives are to the way that God actually wants them to be. They are responding with sorrow because they see their lives are not matching up to God's law. They're seeing how their worship is not matching up to God's law and they are sorrowful. They respond in sorrow. But then Ezra stands up and he says, no, do not mourn. Today is not a day of mourning. Do not be sorrowful. Do not be sad. In fact, go and eat and drink and bring food to those that don't have and celebrate Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. What is he saying? He's saying, do not fear that we have not operated the way God wanted us to do it. Do not fear that we don't match up. The reality is we don't match up. But if you see God and you understand his love for you and you understand how much he cares about you, then the response to that is joy. Because despite my failures, despite my faults, despite all the times that I've missed it, he loves me and he's proud of me and he cares about me. That is the context of this scripture. That even though they had failed God, the spiritual advisor, God, the, the, the high priest says, do not feel sorrow." We are correcting, we're going where God wants us to go. Be joyful because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it got me thinking, what is the purpose of joy? You know, we have this idea, we have a lot of fun. We've put it as part of our culture code because we want it to be intricately involved in everything that we do. Whether it's a church service or a connect group, whether it's an event, a co-night, or maybe we're going out on outreach or whatever we might do as a church, we want it to be fun. Not that fun is the goal, but that without it, we miss the joy of the Lord and the strength that comes with it. What is the purpose of joy? Do you know that being a joyful person actually makes you a healthier human being? Physically, it makes you a healthier human being. You know that when we are trapped in those moments of depression and anxiety and sadness, and I, I empathize so, with so many people who feel that way. Don't ever feel bad. God wants to get you out. But in those moments when we are trapped in those negative feelings, it actually has a negative impact on our very health, the way we think, the way our body is. We find ourselves getting more sick more often, which just perpetuates the problem. But when we are joyful people, it actually brings health to our bodies. You know, the joyful people create connections with others in easier and deeper ways, right? When we are joyful, we connect to others in a way that you can't do when you isolate yourself and cut yourself off. But you know that the biggest reason that joy is a gift from God is because it is a strengthening mechanism. And this is what I want to say to us today. In this church, we're going to have a lot of fun. Whether it's in a service, cracking stupid dad jokes, or whether it's Um, a game that we play in a connect group or whether it's just something we say just to lighten the mood we're always going to have a lot of fun whether it's just coffee before or after the service where you get to hang out with your friends and just build that community we're always going to have this as part of what we do and there's a very specific reason for that I believe church doesn't have to be endured it can be enjoyed Right? we can enjoy every experience of church that we have And I wanna say this as well. You know, church, we take the serious things very seriously. When we're in worship, our hearts are fully devoted to God. When we're in the word, our hearts are fully devoted to God and simply in that moment to hear him and worship him and connect with him. But when we get to have fun, we get to have a lot of fun. It produces joy. And I wanna read a scripture to you because I believe this idea of joy has been mixed up with the word happiness. We think that happiness and joy means the same thing, but they are two completely different things. Happiness is a feeling, it's an emotion that you get, a a, a point of elation where something good happens or you see someone that you haven't seen for a long time. It's beautiful and it's fun, but it's an emotion and it is changed by the circumstances we are in. You might be happy one moment, we've all had that experience, happy one moment, and then one thing has to happen, and immediately you're down in the dumps again, because happiness is an emotion that we feel, and it's a good emotion, it's something great. But it's changeable. Joy is something very different. Joy is something that lives within you. Something that stays alive even when challenges come, even when brokenness appears, even when there's no answer, even when there's no way out joy remains even if happiness is taken and there is a moment of sadness there is something about joy that remains why because the joy of the Lord is our strength and it's a gift from God and so if you have your Bibles with you I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 6 to 9 we're going to read together it says this in all this You greatly rejoice. Let me put that into context. Peter is currently addressing the churches in what would be modern day Turkey. And he is saying to them that you have suffered many trials. He is saying to them that they they have encountered Christ and that they have built this church. He's talking about all the things that they've gone through, all the good and all the bad. And he gets to this point where he says, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Let me put that into context. These people were being persecuted for their faith in deep ways. Some of them were being thrown in prison. Some of them were losing property. Some of them had their their families turn their backs on them. In fact, some of them were even being martyred, killed for their faith. When Peter says, you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, he means what he says, right? These guys went through deep trials. Verse 6, from verse 7 it says this, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith Of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 8. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Verse 9, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I look at this and I see the purpose of joy immediately pop out for me. It says, though you have not seen Jesus... Though you have gone through trials, though things are not looking good, though no matter how hard you try, it doesn't seem to get right. No ma- the, though it seems no matter how hard you try, you can't get past that addiction, past that sickness, past that difficulty. Though no matter what you do, you still find yourself in trials, you have an inexpressible and glorious joy in the midst of the challenge because the joy of the Lord. Is our strength. It's who God wants to be for us. Peter is commending this church because even though they've faced so many crazy things, their faith is in Christ. And because their faith, though it gets tested and goes through many trials, even though it is tough, because their faith remains, they will see the end result the salvation of their souls. see, God is working on a scale way bigger than we could ever imagine. And so you might be sitting there at home or you might be here in this congregation saying, you know what, this joy thing is all great to say, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the pain that I face. You don't know the trials and my circumstances. And it's easy for you to say from a pulpit, that we should have joy. No, you're talking about happiness. I'm not talking about feeling glad all the time. I'm saying that even when you are sad, even when you're broken, even when being authentic with God, means saying, God, I'm angry and I'm sad and I'm hurt because of my circumstances, even in the darkest and most difficult moments we have an inexpressible and glorious joy that comes from our God that strengthens us up and says you know what it's not over yet it's not over as long as I'm still drawing breath it's not over yet even though my job is not working out it's not over yet even though right now in my marriage I'm suffering and things are difficult it's not over yet I have an inexpressible joy. I have an attitude. I have a a way of being that is positive and looking to the future because I know my God is in control and nothing is going to take him out of control and I can trust him with my whole life. If that's you today, I want to say to you that God wants you to know he is in control. He's never not been in control. And that's difficult because we want everything just to be great. Then happiness would be the standard for all of us to say, you know what? It's good. I'm happy. Why? Because everything is good. But when things go bad, happiness disappears. But when you have God's joy, the gift of joy, no matter what happens, you have a strength, a peace that it's all going to work out. Joy is not happiness. They're not the same thing. Joy is actually a strength in the painful times. It's so interesting that you see shouts of joy come out of the Israelite people after battle. Battle is difficult. Battle is hard. They might have even lost people in those battles, yet they rejoice and and have a glorious joy and praise for their God because God took them through that moment. It's interesting that... This is what Peter says in the midst of challenge and strife and difficulty, that you have joy because that's what God wants to give us. Wherever you might be today, God wants to give you joy, a joy that strengthens you to keep going, to keep moving forward to where he has you. Joy is strength in painful times. It's the thing that gives us hope in God despite our tough moments, hope. And this is what I want to give to every one of us today. There is hope in God. You might have walked into this room hopeless, fully hopeless, like nothing is ever going to work out. But every person that just got baptized tells you the opposite story all the old has passed away, and all things have now become new. The Word of God tells us that His mercies are made new every morning, it means that every morning there is strength for you. Every morning there is hope for you. Every morning there is joy that strengthens you for whatever you might face, knowing, having hope that the end result of our faith is the salvation of our souls. No matter what happens to us in this life, we have an eternal destiny in Christ. And that's amazing. See, joy is intentional. It's something we actually need to inject into our lives. And this is what I want to say to every one of us. It's one, it's one of the big reasons why this is a tenant of who we are as a church, why it's part of our culture code, because we have to intentionally take our eyes off of our circumstances and put them on Christ. And sometimes that's very difficult. But we must intentionally inject joy into our lives. Intentionally inject joy into your spouse's wife life. Let me tell you this. If you are going through a, a tough moment in your marriage, serve your spouse with joy. Serve them with peace. And as you do that, God comes into these moments and he does things that we could never imagine. We place things in God's hands. When we're fixed and fixated on our circumstance, we take it into our own hands and we try and do what we can do to sort it out. But when we choose to have hope and faith in Christ, he gets to come in and work things out in a way that we could never imagine, in ways that we would never have done ourselves. It's the supernatural grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Joy is intentional. To say I'm going to have joy today. I'm going to speak joy. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak happiness. I'm going to do things that make me happy. I'm going to take moments out of my day just to rest and to get my mind on peace and to inject joy into my life. Because the world has come to steal my joy but I won't let it go. I won't let my happiness go because I have a God who loves me and is there for me. Joy is intentional. But joy is also supernatural. Supernatural. It's a gift we can ask God for. I truly believe that this church that Peter was speaking to, when he commends them for their faith, I don't believe every one of them was happy about the fact that they were being persecuted. Let's just get real here for a second. I don't think they were happy that their lives were in danger. I don't think they were happy that these things were going on. Yet they had joy. Because it's a supernatural gift from God. Something we all need to learn how to do. That in those most difficult moments, yes, it's authentic to go to God and say, I'm feeling down. I'm feeling sad. It's good because it helps us get our feelings out to communicate them. To invite the Lord into our most difficult moments. But then to say, you know what God, I need joy. Because what do I need? I need strength. And to have strength, I need the joy of the Lord, because it's not His wrath, it's not His power, it's not His anger, it's His joy that is our strength. And some of us, we need strength. It feels like our knees are getting weak, our backs and our shoulders are heavy, the strain and the weight is large. We need strength. It's the joy of the Lord. Joy is intentional, but it's also supernatural. And I want you to pray this prayer in the midst of your most difficult moments, in the midst of your challenges. Lord, give me joy. Receive joy, even when there's no happiness. Be sad, but full of joy. Be angry, but full of joy, full of the joy of the Lord that sees not just the negative, but the way that God is going to get you out. Sees the vision beyond the difficulty. Sees the promised land beyond the wall, beyond the river, beyond the sea, beyond the challenge. Come on, let's look one layer deeper. Where is God taking you? That's where his joy comes from. Because he's not going to leave you where you are. He's going to take you into his perfect plan. The power of joy is the ability to overcome our challenges. From beginning to end, from difficulty to breakthrough, we hold fast to hope. We never lose heart. We push forward and we overcome because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Many times we're sitting stuck in our space because our eyes are fully fixed on our difficulty. We can't look up. We can't see where God is taking us. But joy will lift your head. He is my glory and the lifter of my head. And as I allow his life, his goodness, his peace, his joy, his happiness, his joyfulness to come into my heart, he lifts us up and he moves us where he wants us to go. Around this room, I don't know how you came into church. I don't know what your challenges are. But I want to tell you today, you serve a God who loves you, is proud of you, is so proud of you for sticking out as long as you have. Some of us might have, you know, turned our back on God, but we've chosen to keep our hope in Him. He is proud of you for what you have done. And He wants to give you joy today so that you might overcome challenges you face. Let's pray for a moment. Holy Spirit, thank you that we are a church that can have fun, that can have fullness of joy. But also for a moment, Lord, want to just be real as a church. We want to lift our challenges up to you. And we recognize that the world, it comes to steal, kill and destroy, to take away our joy. But today, we're not going to surrender to that. We're going to keep our hope in you. And I want to pray for every person going through a really difficult time, every single person who might be struggling right now with whatever challenge it might be. Lord, you commended this church for being a church of joy in the midst of suffering. But we know in order to have that, Lord, In order to overcome these moments of struggle, these moments of difficulty, we need strength from on high. We need the strength of the Lord. And so right now we receive that. Across this room, everybody watching online, we receive joy in Jesus' name. Hey everyone, we have now come to the end of our message and we would love to hear from you. So there's a few ways that you can contact us. You can either drop a comment in the chat below or you can visit our website which is www.collective.org.za and you can contact us from there. We just want to thank you for joining us again today and our messages come out weekly so we'll see you again next week.